Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast, a podcast where a bunch of theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons & Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was only made possible by the Arts, Cultural, and Heritage Fund in Windsor, Ontario, so big thanks to them. My name is Eric Branchett, and I'm thrilled to present to you another episode of Undergrad, a Monster Hearts Tale. Previously on Undergrad, a Monster Hearts Tale. The first day of classes were well underway. Iris was introduced to her eccentric yet brilliant sculpting teacher, Babette Largile. After Babette psychoanalyzed her in front of the whole class rather harshly, Iris realized she may in fact be in a little over her head here. Dr. Egan delivered an incredibly well-received lecture on blood sciences to Jeremy Renner's science students. She became a hit amongst all of them, bringing her and Jeremy Renner closer together. Zack struggled through his incredibly boring business class taught by almost-living mummy Otto Snoozen. The plus side is that he did get to hook up with a fellow classmate during set class, sneaking into the library. This earned him infinite notes in that class, and he doesn't really have to do any more work. Zack also met Iris's former coffee shop co-worker, Coffee Josh, who has switched to business after being mysteriously bequeathed the coffee shop known as Coffee Bob's by the killer of the same name. Evelyn got more than she bargained for in her public speaking class when drama-loving Professor Cicero pitted her against Maddie McFinfan in an essay-off. Evelyn's easy victory just added to the fuel of Maddie's hatred for her. Kane got off to a depressing start in film school when he met his melancholic professor, Mo Picton. Mo explained to Kane that his deep-seated sadness was in the changing of film over the years. He no longer loved his once greatest passion. Kane desperately needed his bestie's help with a film pop quiz. He made an exchange that, for help, he would need to plant the demon's talisman on Mo himself. And Kane did just that. At the end of the day, all of our heroes met up to surprise news that they had one more class to attend. The chairman himself would be providing each of them with private lessons to hone their powers. Our last chapter ended with the seasons changing into deep fall. But not before we briefly visited Mo Picton alone watching films in his home. After wishing he could be a great film auteur, Kane's bestie appeared out of nowhere and offered him just that. Now, we know it's the middle of January, but here at Oakhurst, it's Halloween. <laughs> Happy early, or late, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Halloween, everybody, and welcome to the beginning of a truly spooky arc in Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. Chapter 14, Midterm Mania. We've done a pretty significant time jump, so there has been some time where we have been away from our uh, society members of Oakhurst College, which they're going to come up with a cooler group name eventually, I swear. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Society members of Oakhurst College, it's good. Yeah, so they've actually been allowed to pick a brand new move 
uh, out of a any sort of list that they want that kind of goes into the training that they would have encountered as last time we met the the chairman had told them that he was going to be giving them private lessons and that was going to be a part of their workload so we're going to find out uh, as we head into the midterms and stuff like that what kind of powers they picked and what they'll be focusing on for the remainder of the year in terms of their powers and things like that so i'm not going to keep this going any longer mm -hmm. without further ado let's jump in shall we Yes. Yay. Let's do it. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> oh, so excited. We are sitting in the waiting room of the society, in that sitting room. You are all sitting around the table as the fire gently crackles. You have mostly finished all of your in-school midterms by now as Halloween. This is Halloween. And the chairman insisted that on Halloween is traditionally when the midterms of the society take place for obvious on-theme reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that you are going to be brought in separately as you have been trained separately. You know, some of you are very protective about your powers and things like that, but also the chairman told you that he doesn't believe that before you can start training as a group, you have to train individually and understand what you're bringing to the team. Mm. Mm -hmm. hmm. So the three-headed dog, Serby, sleeps around the fire, a bone in each of their mouths. You can tell that they've been up really late, maybe helping the chairman prepare. Uh, so it is just sleeping, very content in front of the fire. And uh, right now the chairman is still in the training room. So what do you all do? Iris is sitting crisscross on the ground, petting the dog as it sleeps. Cain <laughs> <laughs> has no idea what's coming, so he's actually ripped a few more... Uh, he's cut a few more rips into his jeans, so he has a bit more flexibility, <laughs> and he's kind of doing some squats, feeling it out. It's like, oh yeah, that's, that's gonna be good. Um, Zach is just playing it all cool. Uh, when it's close to his turn, he's going to really quick uh, duck his head under the, uh, the table, You'll hear a sniffing sound, and he'll pop his head back up. Oh, man. <laughs> Elizabeth is, uh, she's very intrigued, of course, by the library that in the society. So hmm. she's been kind of looking through the books that they have there. And one of the books was on druid magic. Ooh. So she's been kind of going through and flipping through some of these books, um, kind of reading to herself. Evelyn's just been uh, kind of leaning back in her chair with her eyes closed, just um, really trying to, to center herself and her thoughts before going in and running through all the new um, chants and incantations that she's learned in her head. So, you know, there, there's equal parts prepping, equal parts like, ah, well, this is what it's going to be. Um, <laughs> just, just like real exam people. Hey. <laughs> so as you're all kind of sitting there doing your own thing in silence, you hear the quiet clack of the chairman's cane as he comes down the hallway and he enters and you see that his midnight blue suit has been replaced by midnight blue robes. Mm. Oh. He walks up to everyone and he says, well, are you all ready for your midterms? Uh, There's ready a midterm? as we'll ever be, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Iris, we've been talking about this, come on. Oh, oh, that's today. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I expect that you have all trained very hard, and the work that I've been seeing you do over the past almost two months has been has been exemplary. And hmm. I, I thank you know, thankfully, nothing has happened at campus in terms of 
murder parties, and he looks at Zach and says, and completely drugged out disasters where houses burn down. <laughs> Zach just kind of uh, looks blankly away as his, his head slowly kind of shifts along with his shoulders away from the chairman's gaze. <laughs> but needless to say, we have used this peacetime very well, and I, I just want to say before we begin, I am very proud of you. And he waves his hand and you see an obsidian clipboard appears in his hand and a, a with a with a matching quill that he holds out and goes, I'm very excited to see what you all have. We've been working very hard to customize these. So he looks around and he says, who would like to go first? Uh, just one question though. If we fail, are we kicked out of the society? These are not tasks that one can fail. It is, it, it is to assess how much you have learned and, and how much oh. we need to continue to do. No, you will not be kicked out. Oh, hell yeah. A test I can't fail. Sign me up. <laughs> so Elizabeth pipes up and she says, and she kind of looks around around the room and looks at everybody else and she says, I'll go first. <laughs> All luck. right, doctor. Please come with me. And she takes the book with her. <laughs> and she heads mm. in. Okay, so as you walk down the hallway with the chairman, he looks behind you and he says, Well, are you feeling good? We have been working very hard on your abilities. Do you feel that you've honed them correctly? Of course I have. As you know, my background, uh, I have a bit of experience coming into this. He is about to open the door and he says, Remember your training. Hmm. Ready? All right. The test begins the moment I open this door. Right. Now, as soon as he says that, we're going to kind of do like a little flashback moment. <laughs> and why don't you explain to the audience what you have been working on with the chairman over the past few months and by extension, what new move you've taken. Okay. My uh, skills that I'm developing are a little bit more magical. And the reason for that is that in her background, she has had some magical training, kind of in, in druid magic. And she is trying to develop shape-shifting abilities. Ooh, sexy. So the um, skin that she is borrowing from, it's called the cuckoo. And this is, um, it has a move. Uh, it's, it's like the cuckoo's signature move. And actually, it's kind of two moves together. It's called feathers. And what this does is it allows you to take, you try to pass as a person by dressing in their clothes. If you roll a 10 or up, you pass them perfectly. Like you can fool even like their romantic partner. And if it's seven to nine, there's a, comes with a consequence, which is um, that someone suspects you're, you're pa trying to pass as somebody else. The clothes are, that are, are taken are noticed missing uh, or you receive some unwanted attention. And what's also kind of interesting about this is that it, as you're trying to pass as someone, you get so you give social conditions to the person you're trying to pass. So if like you're humiliated or something, that person feels humiliated instead of you. Um, however, oh, wow. physical conditions like drained, you still have. Hmm. Um, now there's a related one, and this is just to kind of protect you in case you know somebody tries to call you on your. Um, your uh, your magic trying to pass to somebody it's called feathers made of knives so this is like the companion move and your your shape changing magic protects you and if someone suspects they can either try to grab your clothes off to reveal you but they take a harm or they can choose to just kind of ignore it but still suspect you so they so the person who suspects you get gets a choice of whether or not they want to 
um, out you and take a harm in the process, or if they can Damn. kind of keep it to themselves, perhaps as blackmail. That is so cool. Thanks, Kim. So the chairman locks eyes with you and says, oh, and one more thing. You oh. are not to use hypnotism. Uh. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And he says, I will be watching, and I will know what you use and what you do not use, and I expect that you will be primarily using the abilities we have been working on. All right. Bring it on. The last thing he says is one more thing. He pulls out a small vial that looks like the blue milk from Star Wars. Oh. And he says, take this drink, please. What is it? It will open your mind for the exam. All right. She opens it up and takes a big swig. And uh, it doesn't taste like anything. It just tastes like water. Hmm, okay. As soon as the door opens, what you see is a, like a very large room. It's it's It seems bigger than what the actual training room is from what you remember. Um, there's like a large, uh, the facade of a large stone building. And mm. the rest of it looks like, like the outside of a lawn, essentially, at nighttime. And you see that all around, there are a bunch of security guards. There's three security guards at the front. There's a, a line of people getting accepted into this. You, you see that it says Dr. Jeremy Renner speaking <laughs> on the properties of blood. And all over are different signs that say no permit. And it's just your face with like a red circle and a line <gasps> through. Oh. Oh. And as soon as you turn around, you realize that the chairman is no longer there. And you hear a loudspeaker turn on and a voice boom through the room says, Dr. Egan, you are to enter this party that you are not allowed in. Mm -hmm. You must find a way to enter. Challenge accepted. Good luck. And the door slams behind you and locks you in. <laughs> okay. Mm. All right. So there's a lineup of people. There are. There's probably about five people right now. And like basically every time one person gets let in, you just see another person walk out from the wings of this room, kind of as if they're just materializing back in the line. So the line has like a constant line of five people. Okay. Um, is there anything uh, to hide behind like a tree or anything like that? Yes. So around the front there, this kind of lawn area, there are a multitude of big oak trees. Okay. So she's going to get as close as she can to the line and hide behind, uh, you know, a fairly large size oak tree so that it kind of um, covers her up from the line. So the, the guards in the line can't see her behind it. For sure. And then she's going to um, peek her head around the, the, the tree and uh, shout to the, the person at the back of the line. Who's, who's the person at the back of the line? Yeah, so the person in the back of the line, you see that um, it, he looks like the, uh, the the dude from Ghostbusters. The who you want to play part cheesy? What is he? The uh, Louis Louis Tully or whatever. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he looks like Louis from from <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, and he just kind of like sitting there, like, oh man, I, I really hope that that they 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 have non gluten food because I am. This is gonna be bad. There will be lots of tricks and no treats for me. Excuse me. Um, I'm, excuse me, can, can you come oh. over here? I, I, sh um, I, I, I need some help. I, I'm really in trouble. Can you come over here? Can you roll manipulate an NPC? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that is an eight. An eight. Okay. So at a seven to nine, the MC will tell you what it'll take you to get the NPC to do what they want. Do it and they will. 
No, I, you know what? My sister's friend told me to come behind a tree and I did and they dropped eggs on my head and I'm not oh. doing that anymore. Oh, I, I wouldn't do that to you. I mean, that was probably a long time ago when you were... It was three days ago. Well, um... <laughs> Please, and then she, as she's sort of saying that, she's sort of uh, surreptitiously opening up the top button of her blouse and kind of oh leaning over. Yes, Kim. Oh my god. Yes, Kim. <laughs> Boom. Please, there it I is. really yeah. need your help. I was basically going to say that if you can make him feel like you're not going to prank him, he will do it. Okay. So yeah, he he sees that and he goes, "I've never seen a, a bra before, but they look exactly like they're fabled to look. Oh, fascinating. Oh, I'm red sorry, lace. Did I show you my bra? Oh, silly me. And she kind of coyly like does her button up again and and come on, please come over. The the talk won't start for for quite some time. You have lots of time. On one condition. Yes. You have to call me Beast Man. Oh, I think that can be arranged. Now come over here. Come over here what? Oh my god. Be- <clears throat> Beast Man. Oh. <laughs> and he runs over to you and he goes, yeah. And he goes, yes, my lady. And you see him like lick his, his, his hair and put it back. Um, so is he b- back behind the tree with me? Yeah. Oh! Oh! oh. <laughs> called yes. beast man. Hi. Yes. Oh, you are a beastie one, aren't you? Look um, at all the hair on my chest. It's it's ungodly. Oh, let's see. And she kind of... It's, it's like, got like uh, bits of food stuck in it from like a day before. And oh, there's, oh, there's still a bit of egg in it from that egg drop. And, and is, is he wearing like a button down shirt? Yeah. Okay, so she's like, oh, was like, kind of like cringing, but yet still opening up his <laughs> shirt. And she kind of runs her hands through his chest. <laughs> Sorry about the eggshells. Oh, oh, that's all right. They, they just get it's, caught up in there. It's a little bit of um, um, a surprise. Um, look, I, I was wondering. Um, and then she she leans in and she says, um, "I'd like to give you a little bit of kiss on your neck. Would that be all right?" He almost falls over, and he catches himself back up and says, Would that be all right? Who? Beast man. Oh! <laughs> and after that happens, you hear a voice go, Hey, what was that? And you see a flashlight dart in your direction. Oh. And you can hear two voices talking, and one goes, oh, I thought I heard something over there. It sounded like a wolf or something. Oh, well, you better go check it out. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hey, stay here. Watch the door. You got it. And you see someone casually making their way towards you with the flashlight pointed in your direction. Please be gentle or don't. Oh. And she says, no talking. And she just like leans in and starts making out with them and then kind of moves so that the, the guard can see them making out. The guard's flashlight catches the back of the guy and he, he, he goes, hey, wait, ma'am, excuse me. Can, can you show me your face, please? Oh, um... As she's um, making out with him, she's like, uh, is he wearing any kind of like jacket or anything? Uh, yeah, well, you, you you have most of his his shirt off. She kind of puts puts on the shirt and kind of quickly buttons it up. And uh, I guess I'm going to roll to activate my feathers move. Yeah, so before that, give me a hold steady roll because okay. you're going to kind of push him and throw the jacket on at the same time. That's a 12. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah right. 
Okay, so on that 12, I'm just going to get, especially because it's 12 plus, I'm just going to give it to you. So in, in like a brief moment, I feel like you just, you like whip off his yes. his shirt, push him towards, he actually goes flying back as you push him really hard. He crashes into the security guard and the security guard goes toppling on the ground. And you see his flashlight roll and he goes, what the fuck? As he's down and the other guards go, hey, what's going on? Now you can roll for your feathers move. Okay, I'm going to roll for feathers. That's 12. Again, another 12. Oh, oh nice. my God. So nice. on a 12, uh, that it, it, it works. It it's works. Exactly. Yeah. So I look like this Lewis Tully guy, but he's still, but the guy is still on the ground. He is. Yes. So we have a more naked Lewis Tully <laughs> on, on the ground, super hairy chest, and you just poke your head out and it's literally an exact copy. So the security guard is on the ground and he just gets up and he goes and he looks at you and he looks back at Louie. It looks at you, looks back. He's very confused. And I point to him and I say, that man is an imposter. <laughs> and Lewis pokes up his head and goes, what? And he's just completely shocked. He's, he's a shapeshifter. He, 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 he pretended that he was a woman and he started to make out with me. And, and then he... And then he started to attack me, and I pushed him back, thank goodness. Give me another manipulate NPC roll, but take plus one, because you are literally disguised as another human being right now. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> it, so it's ten. Oh, God. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> These are some fucking, yeah, someone's studying I'm not lying, <laughs> I swear. Yeah, so the he, he, he looks at you and goes, We were told that someone was supposed to come in here that might be might be acting a little bit different and you haven't seen you haven't seen this woman have you and he shows you a picture of you with that like red line through that's who that was that was the woman she called me over here and, and she said that she needed help and then she started to run her fingers through my chest oh i didn't do so anything good. i was just trying she, to be beast man. she lies <laughs> she lies of course she'd lie <laughs> <laughs> that shapeshifter you must take her out, out the guards her. just stare at you and they go should we sh should we burn him should we <laughs> no oh my god <laughs> maybe not maybe not burn him but uh certainly lock him away and uh and perhaps find a way so that he doesn't shapeshift out of it or sell Let's go. All that chest hair isn't disguising anything. Mm. And they just no. grab him by his chest hair and drag him. And he's like, no! <laughs> and he just gets dragged into the darkness. And the uh, the other security guard goes, we're, we're, we're so sorry for the inconvenience. Would you mind if we just brought you up to the front? Oh, you can skip the line. I, I think that's I think that's obviously the, the best thing to do at this point. Uh, you know. Do you have your ticket? Um... I kind of feel around uh, on the clothes to see if I if he had the ticket on on his. He clothes. did. It was it was oh. inside his shirt pocket. Oh, yeah, nice. you actually feel it. So he takes out. Uh, yes, yes. Here is the ticket. And as soon as he opens up the door for you, it's this like really bright white light. And when you walk through, you're looking at the the training room. You basically walk in through the light and the training room is back to normal. There's a bit of like fake grass on the ground and you see a few automatons like standing there mm -hmm. as if they're these like, like dummies and they just kind of shut down. <laughs> and the chairman claps and says, very nicely done. You went for the seduction, the double-edged sword, mm -hmm. very much using the gifts that you have all in one. Elizabeth, I think that's going to be the key for you is, is knowing that your powers, your gifts can work in tandem. Yes? Yes. 
we don't do grades, but you passed. Well done. Thank you. Could you send the next one in, please? And who would you like me to send in? You know what? You pick who's next. Thank you, Elizabeth, and happy Halloween. So she turns around and heads back down the hallway. So I'm going to say that as you are walking away, we do a brief little flashback. And as you walk away thinking about that you want to be honing these powers again from your Mm -hmm. early training, the camera kind of fades to a thought that you have, and it is nighttime. And a in a kind of open wooded woodland glade, you see that it is you and an elderly uh, man with a long beard with like different moss and twigs mm-hmm. kind of like woven into his, his, his outfit and his hair. And he's looking up to the sky and he says, you see, Elizabeth, that Sawip, when things, it is the time of year where the veil is most broken. You see, it is where the dead can rise, where one can commune with spirits, where demons can walk freely amongst the living. Mm. And it is where our power can become the most connected. Do you understand? I do, Father. Now, let's go with your training again. I want you to recite the constellations for me, and this time get them right. And he pokes you on the nose. I'm sorry, I haven't been studying well, have I? Your powers only awoke a few years ago. This is new. It's it's a learning process. I know, but I don't want to... I don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> oh, little bit. You could never disappoint me. And it kind of fades back as you're walking down the hallway. <laughs> and you're looking at the rest of the group. Zachary, you're up. Oh, Dr. Egan, what's up? <laughs> Your turn. Oh, oh. <laughs> Okay, how'd it go, though? Excellent. I passed, of course. Oh, sweet. So, like, uh, I mean, like, what happened? I mean, if you just want to, like, you know, tell me real quick, I'm sure the chairman won't um, mind. I, he's waiting for you. I, I think you should go down that hallway. Zach deflates a little bit. Goes, <laughs> <laughs> you see that the door is closed, and the chairman is waiting for you at the end of the hall, and he goes, Ah, Zach. <laughs> Yo. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, dude. Your training has been very interesting. It it seems that you have an influence over people that extends beyond the normal, and I am still curious as to just how you have these gifts, but that's not for me to know sometimes or to find out in time, but I'm afraid I just don't know you enough yet to be able to say why, but... But what we've been working on has been extraordinary. And on that, why don't you tell us what you've been working on with the chairman? Yeah, so um, previously, um, when Zach busted his face open, uh, it awakened a bit of psychic powers in him. Uh, Now, previously, uh, he was able to only hear emotions and fears and uh, kind of go into a little bit more detail. Um, but now he's kind of refined that. So it's not just, uh, what 90s song are you feeling like now? It's where are you in relation to like me? What kind of like electronic devices are near you? And, um, just kind of like their whereabouts and well-being. Uh, and yeah, I took the, uh, the marked for the hunt from the vampire set. So if I roll for that, I get to roll as though I had dark three. Mm. So from negative one to dark three, that's pretty big of a jump. Do you just want to explain exactly what that move is besides getting the three plus? 
Sure. So uh, it says when you feed on someone, you establish a close bond with them. Uh, now, I think it would make more sense if uh, if they're part of my gang or if they have the condition that, that makes them part of my gang. Yep. I can establish that close bond. Uh, so it says when I gaze into uh, the abyss concerning their where whereabouts or well-being, I roll as though I had dark three. Zach, you have a very strong connection to your group, and I would like to foster that. And I... Your task is deceivingly simple, but also very complex. He hands you a really shitty watch. Okay, what am I supposed he to says, do with it? Sell it. Mm. And <laughs> he hands you a blue vial and says, drink, please. What is this shit, man? Like last time we we dealt with drinking blue shit, <laughs> stuff went fucked up. I assure you, nothing will happen. It will simply open your mind. Yo. <laughs> uh, as soon as he says open his mind, Zach's already got the vial like... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it tastes like water. Goes down fine. And he says, well, are you ready? I think I am. And the door slams behind you and the chairman is, of course, gone. And you are alone. And what you're looking at is an alleyway looking before you. It's an alleyway with some uh, graffiti and uh, there's some garbage and stuff kind of going around. There's there's a cat that walks by and it is seemingly an empty alleyway uh, at nighttime. Uh, at the very end of the alleyway, you hear someone go, Psst, hey, buddy. And you see someone with a long trench coat like waving you forward. <laughs> Zach uh, looks uh, for the sound, finds the person, um, then uh, walks towards him, says, uh, yo, what's, uh, what's up? He just opens up his trench coat to you like he's going to flash you, and you see that his trench coat is loaded with different types of watches. And he says, you want to buy a watch? You know, <laughs> dude, I was, I was just thinking the same thing. And he, um, he taps uh, his, uh, his band t-shirt, kind of like reaches into his like chest area, opens up the watch, uh, closes it, and then says, um, I think my watch is uh, pretty special. You wanna, you wanna take a look at the at the merchandise. He laughs and goes, <laughs> I, "Listen, listen! I've been selling watches on this street for forty-seven years. Okay, okay. I think I know my watch quality. I don't need your stupid watch. Okay." Oh, I mean, uh, you might think you know a thing or two about watches, but like, have you? Who watches the watchmen? Not you, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. These watches have been pre-watched and uh, will will uh, will hold up to any sort of scrutiny from any sort of uh, discerning being, you know. Uh, he looks at you really confused and says, "I find your logic confusing." Good. Uh, I mean, like if if you had a watch of the quality and make of mine, maybe it would make a little bit more sense to one of uh, one such as yourself. Let me see your watch. And he looks at it and he goes, this is a piece of fucking junk. Look at this. It's faded. The thing's not even working. I, I think the second handle is missing. Look at my collection. He goes, I got Rolexes and fake Rolexes and fake, fake, fake Rolexes. I have everything. I even have a little cuckoo clock. And you see under his armpit, like a bird pops out a few times and goes back in. Yo, dude, that, that cuckoo clock looks, looks sweet. Hey, maybe we could make like a deal or something. What deal? I mean, you know, my, my watch for, for your uh, cuckoo clock, maybe you could sweeten the deal because I got a little something extra. And he opens um, the watch again, and there's like a little little tiny baggie of something something fun in there. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to manipulate an NPC. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, that is a 10. So I'm going to say that what you have to give him is you have to give him a lot more than just that tiny little baggie. He goes, I think that we're on the right way to negotiation, but uh, this cuckoo clock is really something special. And he shows you and it's this like handmade cuckoo clock that has like... Uh, it's it's in the shape of like this this actual tree of this oak tree of this bird popping out and it's like a little family of birds that pop out every hour and goes this is something special you have to give me a lot more than just that kid uh, well you know okay fine uh, I've got uh, any kind of like rummages through his shit um, he's like patting down his uh, his inner pockets his um, fake pockets uh, he pulls out like a little bit of molly he pulls out a little bit of weed pulls out a little bit of uh, good old white coke and um, plops that out and says, well, I've got all this, but but now it looks like you're the one who could probably owe, owe me something. Just just like a little thing, you know, even like a little fiver, I guess. This this watch has been in uh, been in my family for generations. You, you just got to understand. I even I even wrote a song about it. You want to hear the song? I'm somewhat of a Broadway fan. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, uh, oh, you are. And a five, six, seven, eight, cuckoo clock for the watch, please, now. <laughs> but he sings an actual song that's really beautiful and uh, kind of uses his serenading siren voice uh, to just really, really uh, sell just the sentimental value of, of this beautifully made, very old and very well-loved watch. Give me a roll for that siren song. Like a hot roll? That's another 10. Oh, okay. So on a 10 up, all who hear you stumble entrance towards you. Though a character that takes harm will stop suddenly and gain the condition dazed. So yeah, you pull out your song and you start singing this, this, what is your song title called? Sorry. Uh, it's called um, Time Never Stops When You're Around. Wow. That's so corny. I love it. So you play Time Never Stops when you're around. And he just like looks at you. And at the end of the song, you see he just he begins to cry. And the cuckoo clock like just starts chiming. And uh, all the birds pop out. He just freezes the clock and just gives all of his birds a gentle kiss and says, All right, babies, I have to give you to this musical Jesus for a little bit. Okay, because that was incredible. And someone with a voice like that deserves to hear tweets like yours. Just take the damn cuckoo, okay? I'll take the drugs and the watch, though, and I guess he has, he's, he has $5. I mean, I guess. Thanks, bro. Could you come down and sing to me again? Maybe to sleep? Maybe we can do maybe we can do a duet of Aida sometime. I mean, that'd be great. I, I play, like, uh, twice a month at uh, Coffee Josh's, if you want to. And he just, like, uh, pulls out, like, a little business card. And just kind of, like, as he's talking, puts it in his... Uh, in the guy's trench coat pocket. You know what? This is going to be my favorite watch. Probably because it's got cocaine in it. Hey, man. <laughs> it can have whatever you, you need in there. I mean, it's kind of tiny, but... He just opens it up and gives it all. Ooh! Okay! Okay! I'm going to go sell the shit out of the rest of these clocks. You bet your ass. Oh, yeah. Watch, dude. I believe in you. Do what you got to do, man. Oh, boy. And he just runs off and... Uh, as soon as you turn back around, you turn back and the entire alleyway disappears and you're standing in the training room. And you just see a little automaton with a trench coat on as your vision kind of <laughs> clears. And the chairman goes, very interesting, Zach. And he's writing it down and he says, 
Though I think that the drugs were a little bit, um, shall I say, attention-seeking. <laughs> okay, I mean, like, I, I'd say, uh, thanks, Zach, that was really great. I didn't expect you to be so so willing to part with your drugs, but that's cool, too. Hey, I mean, I just sensed that that guy was, like, cuckoo for coke, uh, so I went, uh, you know, Cocoa Pops on him. Here's the thing, Zach, I admire your industry and your industrious attitude. I just... I do just need to warn you that should you use your extracurricular activities to the advantage of the society, that you do so in a much more discreet manner. Can Do I make myself understood? Oh, dude, Discretion is like my middle name. Zach Discretion Wilder. That's that's the name I was born with, dude. <laughs> I'm not a narc, Zach. I, I, I understand that sometimes... Whatever is happening to this campus, we might require us to break some rules, but if we cannot have the campus police or anyone else hounding and looking for us, the, my power only goes so far, you understand. Yeah, dude. I, I'm working on the campus police. Don't worry about that. Well, Zach, in light of this events, I have nothing to do but say that you passed. You indeed did sell the watch, though by some nefarious means, but it was sold. Could you please select the next one of your classmates to come in? Yeah, sure thing. And as he's doing that, he's already taken the uh, the illicit stuff out of the trench coat and walking away. <laughs> <laughs> but he's keeping the cuckoo clock. <laughs> uh, so as you as you walk out down the hallway, our camera does a bit of a flashback, and we actually flash back to uh, Zach. You were sitting in Otto Snoozen's class, and Otto Snoozen, you hear him go. Now, for your next assignment, <laughs> you must all find and grow your own business on campus. I suggest that you use your talents properly. Do we have any questions? Moving on. And he, he moves on. So that, that, that flashback there. So, um, Zach, kind of explain to us what goes on in your head during that. Cool. Um, so as uh, the first couple of uh, months go on, uh, Zach's been playing for uh, Coffee Josh's. Uh, and down the line, he, uh, he got in contact with Molly Molly. And he's made a little bit of a, a business arrangement. So when he plays at Coffee Josh's, he sells a little bit of merchandise. He's recently uh, invented the reverse t-shirt. Um, so it's t-shirt with a pocket, but on the inside of the breast, so that you can hide Ooh. your weed in there, man. Nice. <laughs> so he's got all these like printed black and white t-shirts that all go for like vastly different amounts of money. And uh, you know why. <laughs> so, so I'll say that this kind of became a group project, and uh, you and Coffee Josh partnered up on this. And Coffee Josh says, "Hey, yeah, like Zach, why don't why don't you just come and play, and and, and you can sell you, you can sell your t-shirts there, and we could do like a kind of like a joint project." And he like winks at you. Yeah, dude, and you can like sell your coffee, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Auto Snoozin says. And just one more thing that I will be evaluating your business is at the end of the semester, just before the winter break. Does that sound good? 
it's like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> and she just kind of keep, keeps doing his thing. Um, over the past few months, you and, you and Coffee Josh have been have been growing that business. And Coffee Josh's has actually been fucking booming. Uh, partially because it is a good spot anyway. Partially because now there's drugs that you can buy at Coffee Josh's. <laughs> so you have a little drug op that you're running. Molly Molly is, of course, your supplier. And uh, you only talk Molly Molly through Pager. Molly Molly never, you've never met Molly Molly in person. That one night Travis said that he met Molly Molly, but like ever since then, it's just like you got her Pager number and she just pages you like where, where the pickups are. And like everything has always gone without a hitch. The drugs have been there. The money's gotten taken care of. Everything's good. As you're now kind of setting up that business and getting ready to show it to your teacher, uh, you make your way back into the room and you look at everyone else who is waiting for their uh, test. So who do you pick next? Did uh, having to go in there unprepared throw you off a bit? Nope, totally passed. But uh, yeah, it's it's your turn now, Evelyn. Okay, um, thank you. You know what? Congratulations on passing, and now that I hear that, I'm feeling a lot more confident. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn, you begin to make your way down the hallway, and just as everyone else, you see the chairman waiting for you at the door, and the door is shut, and he goes, So, Evelyn, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I kind of had a little bit of a question for you before we start this thing. By all means. Basically, things have not been going too well with my job at the library. I don't know if you've run into Maddie on campus at all, but she is a huge pain. And ever since our first day of class together in public speaking, she's really gotten on my case. And how much do you know about what goes on on campus? I take it you probably know most things that go on, which means you probably know about the little side business I have. I have heard rumors, yes. Uh, yeah. So basically, long story short, the rumors are true. <laughs> Maddie's been breathing down my neck a lot at the library. I don't feel it's a safe place for me to run my side business anymore. Would there be a place here where I could? I mean, I can't think of a more secure place for me to manufacture my items. And as you know, I'm sure as the rumors that you've heard, I only use them for good to help stressed out students. And I need the money from them. That's the only way I can stay on campus. So if you want me involved in the society, and believe me, I want to be involved, it would really help to have a safe place. Evelyn, show me today how hard you've worked and that it pays off. And if you pass, yes, I will grant you that. Thank you. That sounds very reasonable. Okay, I, I, I understand. I can literally read most people's thoughts, and Maddie McFinn fan scares the shit out of me. Okay. So, she's vile. She has nothing but hate. It's ridiculous. Exactly. You should have heard her speech in class. It was insane. Evelyn, I must say I'm very thrilled with how you've been developing your magic. It has grown exponentially in these categories, and I'm 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 impressed with the prowess. Your your grandmother taught you very well. Thank you. She'd be really happy to hear you say that. 
So on that, why don't you explain what you've been working on with the chairman? So I've been working on one of the hex options that the witch has, and the one I chose is illusions. Mm. So with that, I can pick one of four things to manifest, either snakes and bugs, demonic visages, false prophecies, or non-existent subtext. And the hexed person will see those that thing that I choose everywhere, um, but I have no control over the exact images or manifestations of it. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, the chairman goes, um, for yours, Evelyn, I do need you to do two things. He says, one, I need you to put on this. And he gives you a red scarf. Okay. And... She kind of puts it on and winds it around her neck a bit. And as you wind it, you feel it. Uh, not that it chokes or anything, but you feel it kind of tighten on its own accord a little bit. And he says, I'm afraid you will have a very hard time getting that off without me. Next, I need Wait, you to... why do I need to wear this? Oh, you'll see. And he hands you a vial of, of blue liquid. And he says, I will need you to drink this next to become more open to the way that this is conducted as a lot of this happens. And he points to your head. Okay, um, I mean, I'm already wearing this freaky scarf, so what's one more thing? And she drinks it. Excellent. He cracks the door open, and by the time the door swings, he's gone. And what you see is a completely dark room with a white spotlight right in the center. I start walking cautiously towards the spotlight. As soon as you hit the spotlight, you hear the PA turn on, and you hear... All right, Evelyn, are you ready? Your goal is to not get skewered. And from the darkness, you see these like yellow eyes glowing as you hear this strong breathing. And sure enough, breaking the light, you see a massive bull. Oh my a bull? God. Oh no. <laughs> oh my God. No. <laughs> okay. And the bull looks at you, and it looks at your red scarf, and just starts, like, um, moving his foot under the ground, kicking up the dust, ready to charge at you. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. What do you do? So, I am going to try to use my illusion. Okay. So, I'm going to start chanting to myself uh, the chant that I learned to bring the illusion on. And that is a an eight. So basically between a seven and nine, it's going to work, but it either does me one harm, it has weird side effects, or it triggers my darkest self. Okay, so what, what, what do you want that to be then? Um, I'm going to say it's going to have weird side effects. Um, what I want to do is create a large red snake that's going to try to distract the bull. Oh! And distract its attention. Nice. And it has weird side effects. Okay. Yeah. So here, here, here's what's going to happen. So you think of a large red snake that's going to try to uh, distract the bull. 
And uh, as you're kind of focusing on it, the bull begins to charge. This red snake comes like shooting out from the side of you as if it's kind of moving away from you to distract the bull. But what you realize is the red snake is literally half of the red scarf that you tied around your neck. So when oh, the no. snake moves to move out of the way, it drags you along oh. with it. And you get dragged <laughs> on the ground as your snake is slithering ahead. So technically it's now chasing the snake, but you're getting dragged on the ground behind the snake as the bull is now charging towards the snake and the bull uh the the snake kind of weaves out of the way and the bull crashes into the wall and the bull makes this like kind of pissed off sound and it, it kind of like turns around and it looks back at you even more enraged Evelyn what do you do oh, no. now as the snake is like kind of crawling around you do I see yeah. any other items in the room at all no okay um I am going to start chanting again I want to use one of my other hexes. So let's see if this works. <laughs> oh, that's a seven. Okay. okay. Um, so I want to use my wither, and Ooh. I want to shrink the bull's horns. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so what do you want your side effect to be? You know what? I'm going to do weird side effects again. So, yeah, so this thing kind of kicked kicks the ground again at you. It kind of charges towards the snake and the snake rears up as if it's facing it down and it, it bears its horns and it's coming right at the snake and and you, yeah, you use your hex and then all of a sudden it's uh, its horns shrink to like probably the size of a pinky, like pr pretty significant. Uh, as it was running, you could just see them get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. All right. And as it charges towards the snake, it makes contact, but instead of a, you know, bull hit that you'd be expecting, it just... Boom, the snake is barely hurt by these tiny horns and the snake instantly begins to go on the offensive and it begins to coil around the bull. Now, unfortunately, you're attached to the snake, so the snake has replaced rope and you got yourself a little bull ride that you are <laughs> enacting right now. <laughs> so, Evelyn, you have found yourself in a rodeo-style situation, but instead of rope, you're holding on to a oh magically uh, created snake. So, what are you going to do? Okay, um, I'm going to try to use my illusion hex again. I want you to roll hold steady first because oh, okay. you're going to try to, to do this while you're riding this bull. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's a seven. Okay, so you have two options. You can either, one, keep your cool, or two, pick one from the ten up list, but you're going to gain the condition terrified. Okay, I'm going to keep my cool. Okay. Yeah, so you managed to hold steady as, as this thing is kicking. So now you can roll for your illusion. Yes. Okay, that's um, 11 plus 2 with 13. Oh, shit. Okay, there we go. Okay. So what do you want to do for this? So what I want to do is I want to um, reverse the illusion hex of the snake on my scarf. Okay. And I want to create... An illusion of a non-existent subtext. And basically, I want... Kind of at different points along all four walls of the room. These giant red... Almost like those... You know those, like, inflatable waving things that you see at, like, car yeah, dealerships? Yeah, the wacky wiggly yard men. Yes, <laughs> like a whole bunch of those red, like, wiggly, inflatable people. So you want just a bunch of red ones to get popped around? Yes, to try to distract oh. the ball. Oh Please my tell God. me they're doing the thriller dance. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, they're all they're all doing the thriller dance in unison. Yes. 
and the bull just sees that, and the bull goes fucking ape shit. You see, like the bull, and it, it 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 kicks you off even harder. It kicks so hard, Evelyn, that you actually just kind of roll off of it, and it runs directly into the wall where this tube man is supposedly there. It's not in real life, but he thinks right. it is, and he smashes into the wall, pulls out it, and he's looking a bit dizzy, and he sees the other one. He runs up to it, smashes into the wall, comes out. He's a bit dizzier, runs into the third one, crashes into the wall. This time he slugs out, and you see the bull kind of his head is shaking and shaking and the bull just collapses to the ground and just KO'd. Um, <laughs> he's breathing, but he's just completely knocked out. Okay, good. <laughs> and all the lights turn off and all of them turn on again in a brilliant mm-hmm. light. Your eyes kind of have to adjust. And when you adjust, you see that you're back in the normal gymnasium and the bull is in fact an mm-hmm. automaton mm-hmm. bull. And the chairman approaches you and says, Very well done. Evelyn, your, your spell casting abilities are getting much faster. Thank you. Nice riding the bull. That wasn't just an extra talent. That's good. Thank you. I'm afraid Maddie McFinfat is more terrifying than 13 of these creatures, but still. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I definitely believe that also. Thank you. Very good. Thank you, Evelyn. Please send whoever you want in next. Okay. So as you walk out, Evelyn, and you walk down the hallway, we kind of do a, a flashback for you and our memory kind of fades out. And we're actually going to cut to you sitting in your public speaking class. And Cicero sitting there and Cicero says, I want to let you all know your final exam. We will be preparing for this exam for months and months and months. And the drama and the passion and the enthusiasm is... Just thinking about it is making me going to cry. But I think that I should partner you all up. And you should each give a magnificent partner speech, sharing each other's sentences, breaths, feeling what it's like to interact with someone and be truly vulnerable with another. Oh, no. Oh, and he looks no. and says, and he goes, yes. And the whole class goes, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Sounds, sounds good. And Nick stumbles in late and he goes, why Nick, you're late. And you see Nick kind of like, look at you, Evelyn. Nick looks really busy. Um, you know that he's been pulling all nighters at the library. Uh, you haven't got to talk to him as much as you like recently because of how busy he's right. been um, with, with with his graduate midterms and things like that. And he's been super busy. He goes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, uh, Professor Cicero. I just, no, no, I do not want to hear your petty, weak human excuses. I want to hear your art speaking. God damn it, Nick, say something with passion. And he's like, I was working because I really want to be a lawyer one day. Yes, yes, Nick. And he just gives Nick like a, a kiss on both cheeks and says, that was beautiful. The passion, the raw energy. Yes, yes. Oh, my blood sugar is up. My blood, oh, yes, this is what I live for. Let's make some drama. I just want to, I want to get a group that's going to get me excited. I want to see if maybe there'll be blood drawn. You two! And he points to Maddie and Evelyn. And he says, you will be paired together for your finals. And Maddie goes, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, Excuse me, Professor Cicero. Um, are, Are you sure that's a good idea? Oh, I'm quite sure. I sat late, late last night thinking, I'm bored. How can I make my life more exciting? And then I thought, putting you two together, you clearly hate each other. It's so, brilliant. So wait, you're you're oh, using no. you're using your students for some sort of what psychological fulfillment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, that's 
interesting. A little bit more surface level than I thought it was going to be, but okay. Well, I have ten years, so nothing you can do. And he <laughs> mischievously runs away and says, You can think of whatever you want for your topic. It's up to you. But just think, you two. You could come out of this either the best of friends or even worse enemies, if that's even possible. This is so exciting. It's like Shakespeare. Okay, Maddie, I guess we're not going to be able to change his mind. Maybe we could kill him. Oh. You know I what? Love Maddie. That really is an interesting idea. But I really doubt our capability to be able to pull that off without getting caught. And I would like to graduate from here, so why don't we choose another option? So what are we going to write about? How much of a fail you are? How poor you are? Let's write about how poor Evelyn is. Evelyn oh. is so poor. If I was I, that poor, I wouldn't still be at the university. You should think of a punchline. You're so poor that what? Something funny. Oh, but asking you to be funny is really hard, so I'm going to have to work on that. Okay, so come up come up with a punchline to how poor Evelyn is. Maddie, could you stop being a walking cliche for a minute? And could we like try to figure out how we're going to get through this? Okay, fine. What do you want to write about, smarty pants? Because you're so... Oh, uh, I'm I'm Evelyn, and I have friends come visit me at the library all the time. And she, like, gets really close, almost like your, her eye is pressing on your eye. What exactly do you do with all those friends in the library, by the way? You don't think I know? You don't think I see? I see everything! I work in the library. People ask me questions. Actually, I was going to ask you if you had an idea of what you wanted us to write about. You want my opinion? Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be working together... I suppose we should work together. Well, I do have something that I'm really passionate about. Is this in any relation to that first speech that you gave? No. Okay. <laughs> something that I, 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 something that I like more than dominating the wills of other people. Uh, okay, well that's a good start. What is it? Richard Simmons workout videos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that, that, that's very interesting, Maddie. Why don't we, why don't we think about that? We can brainstorm some ideas and, um, we can meet up maybe tomorrow and talk about them? Well, here, you know what? Before I talk to you, because I'm not talking to a noob about Richard Simmons, I'm not going to explain to you the fine art that is Richard. You know what? Here. And she opens up her bag and she hands you like 14 different VCR cassette tapes of different Richard Simmons videos. And she says, just watch them and let your mind and body open like a beautiful flower. Okay. Um, Richie will help you. Okay. He is what gives me my positive attitude. You have a lot of these wow like that's like nothing that's just what i carry around with me every day you know what maddie i i think i know how we might be able to do this so you like these richard simmons videos like is a gross understatement okay you uh what you adore them you worship them am i, I along fucking the right live for them okay <laughs> uh, okay so right so that's the type of physical activity that you enjoy and you know i talked a bit about the the ice skating that i did when i was a kid and how much i enjoyed that why don't we focus on that you know that like physical activity and exercise is important to us for our our, like our mental health and mental clarity you're so right evelyn we should make our own ice skating richard simmons workout video 
That's wait, exactly wait, what? what we should do. That was genius. <laughs> and our camera fades out on that as you are now looking at the rest of the group in the uh, sitting around the table. Zach's got a like shit eating grin as soon as she opens the door. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn just looks at him and just tries to look more confident as she walks by and says, Hey, Iris, do you want to go next? Um, she's like very nervous. <laughs> I'm gonna assume this is our first test of like the midterms, maybe Eric, unless you're unless you think otherwise. Uh, well, what I will say is, um, Babette doesn't believe in tests. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, okay. like, Babette, Babette says every pottery. So this kind of like flashes really quick. Babette sure, sure, says sure. every pottery you touch is a test. Everything <laughs> you do with your fingers is a test. I do not believe in such stupid testing. And she spits on the ground and says, no, I do not. And she spit, of course, in one of her like vases. No, that's oddly phallically shaped. No, I say, I will not test you. You will test yourselves. Here's your jump. Your final project that you will get now. And I expect it on my desk before you leave for winter break. You must make a clay sculpture of something you love. Life-sized. What? <laughs> Iris says that out loud. <laughs> what? Yes, if your love is life-sized, so must your clay. Good? <laughs> mm -hmm. D'accord. Commence. And we kind of fade, fade from there. So, yeah, th this is your first real test, I'd say. You she, like, gets up and she's kind of shaking. You've got this, Iris? Yes. <sighs> okay. Hey, all right. You know what? When I was in there, I had to think on my feet a lot. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're really good at that. So you've, you've got no problem. Okay. I'm going to go now. And she actually starts moving slowly. <laughs> I'm imagining it's a lot like the Wizard of Oz as they're walking down that long hallway. <laughs> Welcome, Iris, and uh, I'm thrilled that you're joining us here. Are you feeling ready? You look very nervous. My heart is like pounding really hard in my chest and it's, I can't just make it stop. <laughs> yes, well, that is the human body's reaction to nerves. It's not quite like your fairy body, I would imagine. The human heart is incredibly yeah. restricting. Okay, I'm ready. Let's just do this. Let's just get it done and then I can go home and chill in my hot tub. <laughs> And on that, why don't you tell us what move that you've taken and what you've been working on? So, Iris, um, I took the Limitless skill from the Ghost skin, um, which basically allows a ghost to be able to fly and walk through walls without any rolls. Obviously, for Iris, it's just going to be flight. Um, and I picked that just because at the camp, she finally kind of let out her wings in a moment of, like, danger, and she really missed having them, and she felt so much more useful with them. So she's been working on trying to bring them out more often and more consistently when she needs them. Totally. So yeah, we we, we, we had you roll back then. Now it's like a muscle. You've brought them out enough that you can do it at will. If you're carrying a heavy load, mm -hmm. like in terms of like a person or like a hard, like a, like a rock, or I don't know why you carry around a rock, but if you're doing that, she might. you have to roll. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to roll for that. But in terms of flying by yourself, you can do anything. Right. Yeah. Roll dark if I want to carry something. He looks at you and says, Iris, being the only person, and he kind of like lowers his voice, who's not from this plane of existence, <laughs> I wanted to add something extra into this test. Not only are we going to be testing your abilities to fly, but also your abilities to understand the world around you. Uh, I don't want extra. Can I 
please have that taken off? <laughs> <laughs> You'll do fine. Mm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just drink this, and he hands you a little blue vial. She doesn't even think. She doesn't even ask what it is. She just throws it back. <laughs> All right. You're ready. And uh, I'm sorry if it's a bit humid. What? And he cracks the door open, and you get hit with this rush of humidity as it exits the room, and you walk in, and the door shuts behind you, and all the lights turn on, and Iris, you are looking at a sprawling hedge maze before you. Undergrad, A Monster Heart's Tale, will return after a brief word from our sponsors. And now, a word from our sponsor, Antonino's Pizza. Our specialty is pizza. That's what we do. It's what we do best. We don't offer pasta. We don't offer wings. We don't offer fries. We stick to what we do best, and we believe we do it better than anyone else. The best pizza in town or your money back every penny. We have three locations, South Windsor, Tecumseh at Manning and Amy Croft, and LaSalle on Malden Road. And now, a word from our sponsor, Brimstone Games, your one-stop shop for all your tabletop needs. Located at 1421 Tecumseh Road East in Windsor. Coming in early January 2021, the Fantasy Fantasia podcast presents its very first secret episode collaboration with Skipping Stones Theatre. A three-episode arc set in the Learn to Be a Leader day camp where your favorite undergrad heroes guide the students of Lovecraft High through a day of adventure, hilarity, drama, mischief, and danger. Episode 1 will be released for free. That's right, free. Episode 2 and 3 can be yours for only $3. For more details, follow our social media pages at the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast or visit our website, talltaletheater.com. Hope to see you there for Fantasy Fantasia's very first secret episode collaboration. And now, back to Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. So, Iris, you're faced with these massive three-story hedge walls. There is a ceiling, so it looks like there's a bit of room to maneuver flight-wise there. But uh, what do you do? She looks back at the... Is the door still there? Is he still... As soon as you look back, the door is gone. It's covered with a complete... Like, as if it's just the side of the of, of the hedge maze that is a dead end. Um, what am I supposed to do? You Hello? hear the PA turn on, and he goes... Iris, your job is to find the end of the maze and find your way out. Okay. You will be looking for the hedge carved in the shape of a sphinx. When you have hit it, you know that you can escape. Oh, just one more thing. You might want to be quick about it. And you can what? see the hedge starting to close behind you. <gasps> she starts. She just starts booking it. And as she's booking it, she's running her fingers along um, the leaves to connect with the earth. And she's going to tr- bring out her wings. Your, your tattoos almost like clench, like all the muscles in your back clench as these rainbow covered, uh, almost see-through image of wings kind of appear out your back. And sure enough, you actually see that not only is the hedge maze closing behind you like a zipper, but it's closing. It's not just all at the same time. Sometimes the top is closing faster, sometimes the bottom. So it's not even like you can stay in the same plane for long. It's testing you weaving through with your flight. So I'm going to have you roll a hold steady for me. <laughs> That's a six. Oh, dear. 
Oh, did it You take off, and you're kind of temporarily distracted by you flying, and the hedge kind of closes up at the top and hits you, and you go flying down towards the ground and crash into the ground. And you feel like roots and tendrils starting to coil around you and hold you to the ground, and the roots go, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I got you, I got you, I got you. Yeah, I'm just gonna hold you here. Let me, let me, let me just, let me just hold you here, baby, and it'll be over soon. Yeah, okay. Hey, if, if you let me go, I will, um, get my friend to bring you drugs. <laughs> As a root system, the only drug that I need is holding someone's feet down like this. Oh, that's the good stuff. And you feel like kind of clench around your foot and you can see the hedge maze is getting closer and closer <laughs> slamming behind you. Hey, um, um, and she just starts making out with it. She doesn't know what to do. You just start like making yep. out with the yep. root? Making out with the maze. <laughs> oh, She's hoping it'll surprise him and then he'll kind of release and she'll be able to slip out quickly. That's gonna be uh that's gonna be a turn someone on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she did it with ferocity, so I get my wild hunt, which gives me an extra plus one. <laughs> uh that's a twelve. Holy yes. fuck. Jesus. So on a twelve, you get a string against them, so the roots go, <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean no one said that you had no one said that you had a I know, you're so shocked in my presence because I'm such a good kisser. And she pulls out her feet and she starts flying away and she says, don't tell Kane I did that. <laughs> so so I'm going to say that uh, because you gain a string on them, you're, you're going to burn that string for them to do what you want them to do. Okay. So the string is to let them go. So they go like, oh yeah, that's the good stuff. And they just let <gasps> let you go and go, come and look us sometime soon, honey. We're dry a lot. <gasps> hey, oh, hey, excuse me. Do you know where the Sphinx is? Oh, yeah, that way. And, like, a hand gets, like, turned into a root, and he goes, left, right, left, 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 right, 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 left, left. Thank you, you're awesome and sexy. And she starts flying away. Because you know where to go, you've actually flown, like, really ahead and, and saved yourself a lot of turns that would have gotten you caught by the hedge. And, uh... Now, by the time you've kind of gotten away from the hedge, the hedge isn't closing behind you anymore because you've actually gotten ahead of it pretty well. And sure enough, you make your way exactly as the roots say. You're looking at a life-sized hedge of a sphinx as uh, its, its leaves kind of gently rattle as it talks. And it says, please answer me these questions three and I will let you through. Hi, I'm Iris. Hello, Iris. Iris, if you do not answer properly, the hedge will eat you and what? may digest you. <gasps> Her heart starts pounding even harder and she's like shaking a bit. She's like, okay, Ooh, I really wish I was Evelyn or, or, or Egan, someone who likes books and likes being smart all the time. <laughs> okay. This is a question that a human should know. <laughs> what can you catch but not throw? <laughs> oh god um she's just gonna i'm just gonna say the first thing that came to iris's brain a fish <laughs> <laughs> oh no the eyes turn red and she goes incorrect the answer was a cold <laughs> okay i just I see people catching fish all the time. <laughs> you, you, you can hear the hedge maze closing behind you. It, it's getting closer and closer. And he said, I have to answer these as Iris. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, no. <laughs> the Sphinx says, surely you can correct your flaws. What breaks but never falls? 
falls. <laughs> breaks, 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 but never falls. Um, <laughs> breaks the sun? Must be more specific. <laughs> Sunrise? I don't know. Is that your final answer? Mm -hmm. Correct. <gasps> and you can hear the hedge maze getting closer and closer. And now you can, from the long, long, long kind of final stretch that you ran towards the Sphinx, you can see it starting to creep now in, in vision as it's closing like a zipper. And, and the Sphinx goes, your second question that you must get correct is, I touch your face. I'm in your words. I'm lack of space and beloved by birds. What am I? Birds, space, um, birds fly, um, air, air. Oh my gosh, air. Is it air? Correct. Yay! And the zipper is getting closer and closer and closer. Your final question is, can run but never walks, has a mouth but never talks, has a head but never weeps, has a bed but never sleeps. What? My brain hurts. Run, but doesn't walk. Run, but doesn't walk. Um, run, running. Um, water? And just as the hedge is about to close behind you, the Sphinx says, correct. And literally the hedge is about to swallow you and it just stops. And the Sphinx's eyes glow golden and say, you may exit the maze. And you see above you, like kind of an open triangle in the hedge maze opens up. She like, she takes a second and like goes to fly up, but she's like too nervous. And she goes back down and shakes her body off and then flies up. <laughs> so yes, you fly through, you break through the top of the hedge maze. And as soon as you do that, it all kind of fades away in this moment. And you find yourself back in the gymnasium, standing on a green carpet in the shape of the hedge maze. She lays down on the rug. <laughs> and you can hear the chairman approach holding his clipboard. And he says, very well done, Iris. A bit slippery in the beginning, but you ended very well. That was terrifying. Can I not have a test again, please? <laughs> I assure you, you were never in any real danger, permanently, at least anyway. <laughs> it was danger in my mind. It was like watching The Exorcist all over again. I felt so scared. Thank you, Iris. Please send in the f last victim. Victim? <laughs> Just kidding. Little bit of teacher humor. He smiles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And she walks out. So, Iris, as you make your way back down through that hallway to the main lobby area, you know, you think a lot about these past few months. You've done quite a bit. There's a lot going on with you. So why don't we take this time to fill in the audience as to what Iris has been doing for the past few months? Um, I think as far as work goes, uh, she would have gone back to try and get rehired at Coffee Josh's um, just so they could she could make money and then also look for the rose that everything everyone's been talking about. Um, I think in addition, she probably would have forced Kane to go and try and meet Josh because in her optimistic mind, they're both cool people. And if they meet, they're just going to become best friends and there won't be any oh. bad vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh, how that went, but yeah. We're, we're, we're going to play the scene out right oh, now. Oh, perfect. As Iris's memory kind of fades into that thought. Uh, Iris, you and Kane are walking down the streets of Oakhaven on little little date day around the town, and you swing by in a coffee, Josh's. Do you want to chat outside before you go in or yeah, anything else? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of turns her back to the door and says, "Okay, just try and try and be nice. Just remember, I love you. 
we love each other. It, it, I don't love Josh. He's a very nice person, but just remember that, okay? As long as he's nice and not nearly as attractive as I am, then everything should be fine. Also, are, are you sure he's going to like this apron I got him? I mean, I don't know. And I, I pull it up and it has, it's like a cooking apron with a bunch of like really nice flowers on it that Iris very clearly made him buy for Josh as a gift of uh, well-meaning. Yeah, it's perfect. He's going to love it. You're so thoughtful, Kane. Just, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be great. I think if you guys could okay. be really good Come friends. Josh. Really? Yes. It'll have be fine. Josh. Yes. We need to, and remember, I need to have a job here so we can find that rose. For the good of the college, I will be friends with Coffee Josh. Yay. Hey, and if you want to work here too, you're always more than welcome. No, I'm good. And I just kind of <laughs> walk through the door. <laughs> so you walk in and what you see is, and it's packed. Coffee Josh is, is bumping right now. You can see Iris, you know, having been here before. He's invested in brand new tables and stools and he's repainted the place. He's clearly put in a lot of work and it's worked out. Uh, we got lots of students, you know, people from OK mm. themselves are here. And, you know, where you see Coffee Josh, he's actually at a little table folding up some Hive t-shirts. And you see that there's a sign that says playing every week, make sure you get all of their merch, you know, selling fast. And you see that they have wildly varied prices <laughs> and iris he turns around and sees you and says hey hey iris i i, I hi, hi. I, I i i called you i don't know if you got my 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 message but um wait you could do um, messages on phones <laughs> <laughs> he says honestly that makes me feel a lot better um oh. <laughs> sorry sometimes i forget that they can do that and he turns his head and he looks at Kane and he goes, oh, um, who's, who's this? You see Kane literally just kind of like scratching one of the shirts, just like trying to busy himself, like not really looking over. He says, oh, what? Hey. Um, yeah, she like grabs him and pulls him up to Josh and just uh, links her arms with Kane and says, this is Kane. I just wanted you guys to meet. Um, you know, he wanted to come see Coffee Josh's and, and I thought it'd be fun if you guys met. And I'm really hoping I can get my job back, perhaps. He looks at your arm intertwining. He goes, "Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So you guys are, uh, yeah, uh, cool. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I figured that, you know, it makes sense. You know, somebody is as as cool as you is probably going out with. He looks at you as like, what do you have? Like six abs or something? <laughs> no, seven. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, seven. That's that's great. Okay, cool. And oh. and he kind of just like looks at his like slightly pudgy self and goes like, no, no, that's cool. That's that's great. Um, are you I am okay, so... Josh? I, I'm so happy. You see that he's like kind of pink, like he's, he's getting a bit nervous and he's like, no, no, no. Do, uh, do, do, do you want any, uh, uh, espresso or, or something? Can I, Josh, can Josh, I, can I serve, coffee, you, you, Josh, CJ, can I call you CJ? <laughs> uh, okay. Listen, CJ, we're, we're not here because we want you to service. We're here because we want to be your friend. And, uh, I, I actually got this for you. It's, uh, you seem to be working a lot. So I figured you might need an extra apron or two hanging around just, uh, keep yourself looking as clean as this place does he picks up the apron and goes huh, uh, that's a great sentiment honestly i i've been looking for aprons uh you see that he's got a bunch of coffee stains on his shirt and he goes yeah it turns out coffee stains so <laughs> that's that's something that you discover when you take over a coffee chain put it um, on josh put it on oh okay and he puts it on and yeah like it it looks good like he, he's kind of smiling he's like hey this actually fits i really like the flowers it actually funnily enough it kind of matches my office this, it's kind of funny you have flowers in your office 
<laughs> well, not exactly. It, it, you know what? That, that doesn't matter now. Anyway, so you said that you wanted a job? <laughs> Eric, can I use one of my powers that I have not used before? Ooh. Uh, it's called Uncanny Voices. So I can oh. I can give the dark power a string in order to realize a secret about someone you're talking to. The owner of that character, well, you, will reveal one of their secret fears, secret desires, or secret strengths, and you get to choose which. Ooh. So Kay's like, yeah, bestie. Like, what is your fucking secret so I can show you? <laughs> <laughs> Ever since he gave Iris that mighty scare... Um, that she said that she had the the nightmare. I don't think she told you about it. In no, detail. she thinks it's a nightmare. So yeah, she exactly. But ever since you slipped the talisman into Mo Picton's pocket, um, your bestie has been very quiet. Hmm. Is it a roll or is it just an automatic thing? Uh, it's automatic, but you can make it a roll if uh, my bestie's not really paying attention to me. Yeah, give me a dark roll. Sure. Uh, that'll be a nine. So yeah, as you're kind of focusing on what he's saying and trying to control that energy, um, you know, you might not be in contact with your bestie a lot right now, but you do sometimes feel emotions that don't feel like your own. There's some sort of attachment there. Sometimes you'll feel this absolute rage, and sometimes you'll feel incredibly excited for, for no apparent reason. And, you know, your best guess is that it might have something to do with your connection, but as you're kind of listening to Coffee Josh and you feel just the remnants of your bestie's energy in you, you get a flash of Coffee Josh standing at his office and there is this strange mismatched horrible floral pattern tiles that cover the ground there hmm. and he says so uh I, I, iris you, you you said you wanted to work back here i mean i i i i think that would be great you know i mean you you got me to work here so you know <laughs> we're coming full full circle right <laughs> yeah i mean i still don't know how to make coffee but i'm willing to learn well, hey, why don't you guys sit down and talk about that for a sec, and uh, I'm just going to go to the washroom really quick. Oh, it's just uh, down that hallway, uh, not the door to the right, the door to the left. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, CJ. My man. And he kind of slaps him on the shoulder. <laughs> Let me get in that apron, buddy. Okay, I will be right back. Finger cutting. He, like, tenses up. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you said not to the right? Not to the right. Okay, yeah. so Kane kind of walks down and he checks over his shoulder to see the opportunity when they're not really watching him, and he goes to the right. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh is pretty you know, focused on on Iris right now, and he goes, "So, uh, he seems uh, cool. Seven abs, eh? Wow, yeah. that's impressive. Seven abs. <laughs> I actually met him um, at the party. Remember the remember? Well, it was the only shift I ever did, but um, <laughs> after it, I went to this." party the one where those people died i was there um and he kind of like oh yeah the welcome mixer yeah Whoa. yeah and he just kind of fell from the ceiling and then things just happened <laughs> that that's incredible iris i actually think i met your friend too zach he's in my business class he, we're, we're actually business partners look at he points right. in his shirts yes so hey that could be cool like a little like a little hangout right i mean you know i, I haven't really hung out with anyone since i'm a small business owner now and this oh. could be fun right friend friend hangout at coffee josh's yeah yeah that could be real fun i love that i okay. can invite kane and and zach and zach could bring some hot person and it'd be <laughs> great <laughs> oh oh a, a double date cool okay yeah no that, that you could bring fun. someone too josh Come on, there must be some girl you have your eye on. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, wow. He honestly oh turns gosh. pink and goes, So, um, anyways, mm -hmm. I know that you can't really make coffee, but why don't we just have you starting by brewing some tea or something? Okay. Yeah. I, I would love to learn how to brew. 
uh, okay, well, here, let me show you. Mm. And he kind of starts to show you. And Kane, you you go to the door and the door is locked. Ah, damn it. He says, eh, well, I'll come back another day. And he just kind of comes, <laughs> he leaves. <laughs> he doesn't want to make a scene. He, 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 he can play the long game. He's got time. Okay, okay. So you come back and you see that Josh is like holding Iris's hands, guiding her on how to like brew, brew the tea. What the fuck? Hey. Is what? is that beautiful smell? <laughs> hey, I made hot water. Wow, that's that hot water smells amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, and the tea. We're gonna put the peppermint tea in now, but yeah, I can totally do that, Josh. I can definitely brew tea. That could be my thing. I could be the tea girl. Probably without help next time too. Like one, one and done. well thank you josh i'm really i'm really excited to work here again i forget what working's like can you start next like tomorrow or the next day um uh she can't tomorrow actually because i'm taking her on this really elaborate romantic date i wanted it to be a surprise but yeah you ruined it josh but it's okay uh, we'll make it work oh my god (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, maybe the next day, Iris. Sounds good? Yeah, that sounds great. Ooh, and a date. Kane, can you tell me what it is? <laughs> You're just going to have to wait, my little pumpkin. <laughs> oh, my see. God. Okay, well, I guess I'll see you in a few days. Great. Oh, this yeah. has been good. Okay. Yep, see, you, see you, Josh. Uh-huh. See you and he turns days. around, and, and he just turns around from you, Kane, and just walks <laughs> away. He goes, oh, sorry, ma'am, sorry. Uh, did you call? Nobody called him, but he just kind of goes to attend to a customer. Iris goes, oh, I think that went really well, don't you? Couldn't have gone better. <laughs> <laughs> On that, our, our memory kind of fades back, and Iris, you are looking at Kane, who is the last one to go. Hey, um, so you're next. Just remember, it's not real. What? So, <laughs> wait, I, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll go well. I'm, I'm not too worried, as yeah. he's still stretching his groin. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> I got really scared. I thought I was going to die. But just remember, it's not real. You'll do great. <laughs> That's assuring. I'm sure whatever's in there isn't as scary as what's in my head. So we're good. <laughs> uh-huh. She kind of gives him like a little like knowing yeah. smile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'll be back in a cinch, pumpkin. Kane, just as everyone else, you see that the chairman is waiting for you. He goes, and last but not least, Kane. I don't know exactly what you did to gain your powers, but I just want to be clear about what you've done is incredibly dangerous, and I I, I don't want to know any more details than that right now. It's probably best I don't know, but whatever is, whatever you're channeling your powers through, it's tethered here by you. All right? And no matter what it tells you, it needs you just as much as you need it. Hmm. That's that's actually really assuring. So why don't on that tell us what you've been working on with the chairman? Yeah, so basically Kane looks around at the others and they are they have powers within themselves and he feels like there's no sense of progression for him because he doesn't really control that which he gets his powers from. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of been finding a way to channel more power than what he was originally given 
And so I took a move from the skin called the Unchained, and the Unchained is kind of about having these other personalities slash people inside of you that you sort of release. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and, we're, and we're tweaking it just a little bit. It's pretty much the same, just kind of more um, based off my bestie. So uh, I took the move, the formula, and basically what it is is there's another version of yourself that comes out, and it has these repressed desires that it wants to fulfill. But basically what it does for me is I become my other self, and any stat that is below a zero gets two added to it, and then any stat above two gets two subtracted from it. So it basically balances out your stats to make you more well-rounded. So it's kind of exciting because I have no stats over two, and I have two stats <laughs> under zero. So if I use this, for example, my hot would remain a two, but my cold and vol- volatile are both negative one. They'd go up to a one while, I'm nice. in, m- while I am my other self. And Eric, something I wanted to talk to you about is kind of the process of becoming this other person. It sounds like there's sort of a ritual that's supposed to occur to go in and out, or if you fall unconscious, you go back. But I, I kind of was thinking about how I could make it more instantly accessible like i can become the person so uh i came up with this idea and i want uh, to see what you think of it um i can become my other person basically instantly rather than having to do the ritual but i figured if it's easier to get in it has to be harder to get out so i figured to return to normal um i need to make a dark roll on a 10 up i succeed on a seven to nine i can choose to turn back but not until i draw the blood of someone violently Oh, and down to six down, I just flat out fail, and I remain my other self until I fall unconscious. Yeah, that's great. Honestly, the only change that I would add to that is I'll give you the option. You can either draw blood from somebody or choose Mm -hmm. to give your bestie another string. Or give it a string. Okay, cool. All right. So the chairman says, here you are, and hands you a little blue vial and says, drink up. Cheers. And he just knocks back. Now, Kane, I... I'm not going to lie, it won't be easy, but I believe that with what we've been working on, you can do this. And he opens the door, and he disappears. And, Kane, what you're looking at is a tiny bridge walkway, and uh, on the other end, there's like a little flag. And you hear the PA go, Kane, you are to walk to the other end of this bridge and retrieve the flag. Ready? Here we go. And all the lights turn on. You see this obstacle course from hell in front of you with five rotating saws and then some sort of pendulum-like <laughs> device and then two flamethrowers in this like X pattern and finally a some sort of lake of acid that sits in front of you. Jesus. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so Kane immediately is like, fuck me. Um, he kind of, he, he places his hand on his pendant necklace and he kind of squeezes it in his hand and it starts to burn the inside of his palm as it gains heat. And he channels this power from his bestie to make him a little stronger. And you see, um, Kane's hair turns this horrible grayish black, and his the irises of his eyes turn this deep crimson red. These veins, these black veins, grow on the side of his neck and cheek and all over his body, and he turns incredibly pale as he turns into his other self. And uh, so that'll give me a, a bit of a boost to my cold and my volatile, and he's just gonna see if he can <laughs> acrobatically work his way through these obstacles. 
Shit, so here's what we're gonna do. First, give me a hold steady roll for this entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> Six, five, eleven, twelve. Done. Yes, okay, so nice. you are not afraid as I love you begin it. the obstacle course. Your first thing is the saws that are kind of going um, in, in different tempos that are blocking your way. Mm. So for that, give me a lash out physical. Uh, sorry, give me a runaway roll. Run away? Okay, so that's volatile, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm basically gonna, gonna tweak it that you're not running away, but you're kind of dodging stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like Kane's so confident. He's like, oh, this feels good to have this power course through that he's almost like popping his shoulders a little bit as he walks. He kind of flips his leather jacket out. He goes to that first saw, and that's an eight. An eight, okay. So on a seven to nine, it says you get away. So I'd say you get through, but you choose one. So it's uh, you cause a big scene or you run directly to something worse. I'll say I run into something directly worse. I'm, I'm really confident going through the first. I'm like, oh yeah, I feel good. So how do you want to get through these saws? He, he's literally like kind of like strutting along and the first saw comes and he sort of like power slides to the left, spins, <laughs> continues walking forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's like crawling on the ground while like bouncing his back. <laughs> Just like ridiculous like dance maneuvers. Hell yeah. So as you're dancing across these saws and you jump up onto the pendulum and you're kind of swinging around on it, uh, a la singing in the rain. <laughs> and you actually feel like a tug as this pendulum falls and it cracks the the bridge that you're walking oh, on. No. And you see the bridge is starting to crumble now. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, so now the bridge is starting to crumble and destroy your path to get to the flag. Oh, shit. Okay, so, so <laughs> Kane hits the deck as aviators fly off and he says, no, as they fall to <laughs> of this. Damn it! And then he just starts like sprinting as fast as he can <laughs> through the rest. <laughs> Great. So the next two things that you have are these two flamethrower X-pattern style thing. And after that, some sort of lake of acid that's undetermined depth right now. So why don't you give me a roll for volatile okay. for the runaway and we'll see how you handle this. Uh, that's just a seven. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so you get to pick again. Do you yeah. want to run into something worse or make a big scene? Let's just keep running into something worse as he goes. Oh my god, oh my god, this is stupid. As the bridge is crumbling, you manage to, like, with, with the flames, how do you want to pass the flames? So I think it, that's the second time he hasn't really successfully done something, so I think he's just going to kind of jump through the flames, and uh, I'll spend another string to kind of numb it out. Um, so I can give the dark power string to remove a condition or up to two harm. So he's kind of simultaneously numbing it. He like buries his head in his leather jacket, curls into a ball as he cannonballs through it. And any harm that he would take, he's just gonna numb it out. You can feel that exchange happen, that, that, that kind of rush of emotion that hits you that isn't yours. And you, you, you can feel you give yourself a little bit more to this other personality. And yeah, you, you literally pass through the flames unhurt. The only problem is, is that as the bridge is collapsing, um, you see that it, it, it takes out one of the, the like jets that's shooting the fire and it kind of falls down to this cavern below you. Uh, but a part of it shatters on the bridge, leaking out some oil and a part of your pant leg that caught on fire cut, catches the oil. So now not only is the bridge falling behind oh. you, but it's a, it's a wall of flame behind you. Oh my God. <laughs> And now you have the acid pit looking at you. Fuck, fuck, uh, fuck, fuck, so fuck. Please, please roll the last uh, runaway. Roll. Oh, man. That's a nine. So another uh, partial success. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh my god, Avery, stop stop rolling like me. Jesus. Know. You know what, since it's the very last obstacle, I'll say he makes a really big scene. How do you want to get over this this acid? So it's a big old acid pool. I think he's gonna... How deep is this pool? Can he tell? Shin height. Shin height, okay. Ah, oh, this is gonna be sad. He takes off his leather jacket and he kind of... Um, and it's like a pretty thick, sturdy leather jacket. He like throws it down, like like they do, like these guys do on the beach when they throw down their little wakeboard or whatever, and like jump yeah. on it and start sliding through. <laughs> He's gonna oh try to surf God. the acid on his leather so jacket. You're <laughs> surfing on it? That's wild. So you're surfing on top of this, and you can feel it like starting to burn through through your jacket until finally you get to the very edge, and by then the fire has reached the acid, catches the acid lake on fire, oh God. and the entire thing explodes in this like eruption and the uh, the explosion like jets you forward enough that you grab the flag when you grab the flag and stand up you see the chairman is looking at you and he goes you didn't check your surroundings and he pushes you off the bridge oh, shit. and you kind of like trip back and fall and you only fall for a second and your back hits the ground of the training center ah oh. kane's laying on the ground and he's like i've lost everything that makes me who i am oh. <laughs> yeah. Your leather jacket is underneath you, but it's got a bunch of holes in it, like Swiss cheese. Fuck. Oh, no. I, he kind of picks it up and, and, like, goes to wipe some dirt off of it, and he actually like, catches a hole and rips it further, and you actually hear Kane whimper, like, oh. <laughs> The chairman goes, that was very well done, Kane. Uh, just like I said, you did not check your... You assumed that you were safe. And a situation like that, one should never assume anything. Keep your eyes everywhere, yes? Whatever you fucking think. And um, <laughs> he, he's still like a little mad and like he's still his other self. So he, he's like really on edge. Yeah, just very edgy right now. And he quietly walks up to you and places his palm on your shoulder and you kind of feel your body demorphosize. You know, you kind of revert back to your original self and feel a lot calmer. And he says... Kane, you really need to find a way to get yourself out of this. I won't be around always to help you out. I got a little out of control that time. It made me a little too confident. <clears throat> That's okay. Just, just remember that what you're playing with is you have a nuclear reactor inside you, Kane, and it's the slightest mistake could cause meltdown. Got it. I'll walk you out. And as he walks you out down the long hallway, you have some time, Kane, to be with your own thoughts. And, you know, you're thinking about the past few months. So why don't you take this time to tell us what Kane has been up to? So Kane has done one significant thing in this time. He's, he's just been doing school. Um, actually, well, he decided to join the film club because he just kind of wants to fit in. And uh, he really likes fucking with specs, so he just wants to find more opportunities to do that. It brings him joy. But the other thing he did is he specifically went to a jewelry store and he looked for a ring that has amethyst in it specifically. And he bought it. And it's kind of his secret. He hasn't really told anybody what he wants to do with it, but that is in his possession. And uh, I'll talk to you, Eric, about what I'm, what I'm thinking, and you let me know. Yeah. Like later. Okay. So you have this ring in your possession. I actually want to play out a scene. So you are sitting in on your first day of the film club, <laughs> and Specs is sitting there just looking at you like, "Oh, look what the fucking cat dragged in! Oh, look! What is he gets uh, almost perfect on his test, and he thinks he's hot shit, eh? Uh huh. 
Spec Welcome. the train wreck. How you doing, buddy? Citizen Kane, how you doing? And like, <laughs> since he answered my question with a question, I just stare at him squinty-eyed, just like, this is war. <laughs> as as you're kind of having this like Western movie standoff, <laughs> um, Mo Picton bursts through the door. And this is the first time, Kane, that you've seen him since he was incredibly morose, since you slipped that uh, talisman into his pocket. And he walks in peppy as shit. He's got a coffee in his hand, smile on his face. He looks like he actually changed his clothes for once in a week. And he comes in, he goes, good morning, class. I am just so thrilled that you're all here. I had a revelation last night. I was sitting at home and, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you could all notice. I, I haven't really been myself lately, but after last night, I, I, I got an idea and he pulls out a script and he says, this is the best script I've ever written. And I, I, I sent it to my producer friend this morning, and honestly, he called me back within an hour saying that they want to greenlight the project. This is this is a dream come true. And I, I want to use the film club. I, I, I want to give you practical experience. I'd like you to all be a part of this film. And something about the talk that we had yesterday that seemed to just click and everything. Kane, yeah. I want you to be my assistant director. Kane's jaw and drops out of fear. So does fucking Spexes. Like you both, <laughs> your jaws both drop at the same time. And he's like, but, but, per, per, professor, I thought that the assistant director position. He goes, oh no 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 no, don't don't worry, Specs, don't worry. We had a great role for you. You're gonna be the second AD. Whoa. <laughs> Kane goes, ha. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, I just have to get the confirmation from my producer friends, but it's looking all very promising. And some great news, we're using the campus to film. I already have Vice President Don Dean's permission, and he is fully in support of this film. And here it is. We're calling it Revenge of the Creature's Bride. <laughs> so, Kane, are you in? Um, I'm honored. Uh, I don't know. But in the middle of him saying, I don't know, he kind of looks over to Specs, and I assume he looks just fucking furious. He's purple. He, his ve veins in his forehead are just bursting out of him. So, so he continues the sentence. I don't know how I could say no. I I'm in. <laughs> Mo Picton and all the class give you a cheers. And everyone is really happy. And he goes, oh, I just had an idea for a new scene. Okay, everyone. Um, here's what we're going to do. I need to write this down. And he says, Kane and Specs, I need you to break up the class based on what you think everyone's going to be best in so everyone finds their part in this film. All right? Okay, everyone. Let's give it the old college try. <laughs> you get it? Because we're in college? <laughs> okay. Feeling good. Let's go, team. <laughs> okay. And he runs out and Specs goes, I'll help you when hell freezes over. Yeah, well, fucking, you don't know what hell... You and he just walks away <laughs> <laughs> and Kane you instantly get swarmed by a group of people a lot of them aren't going to specs right now you see maybe they think you're inexperienced they might get a better shot with you but some of them want to do costuming and makeup and uh, continuity and some want to do mm. you know more, more kind of technically uh, related stuff and of course you're handing things out that you have no idea what you're talking about yeah whoever about. asks for anything he'll just be like yeah sounds good yep yeah. oh you're, you're great at that absolutely <laughs> And, and Specs is just there still stewing over it as we, we see kind of Mo Picton is in his office that connects to this film club and he's just typing away furiously on his typewriter, just super, super happy. And Kane, for a second, you can swear that when you look at Mo Picton in, in his window, you can see that staring over his shoulder, smiling, looking at the script is your bestie. 
Mm. And he just ever so slightly gives you that smile of his with his green glowing eyes. And as you make eye contact, that's broken with someone going, hey, Kane, uh, listen, I really think I want to be a gaffer. He's got these massive muscles. He's like, I just want to move stuff and use these. Hey, yeah, gaffing life. And you turn around and the bestie's gone. Because Kane just was like not listening to him at all. He's like, yeah, makeup sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna. Okay. And he just walks away. So on that, uh, our camera fades back, and everyone you see Kane walking in, and the uh, chairman says, "Well, I must congratulate every single one of you. You all passed your midterms." Yay. I mean, you said it was a uh, test we couldn't fail, so there's that. But <laughs> thanks, man. That's that's really great. Do we notice Kane's jacket? Yeah. <gasps> Iris runs up. Kane, what happened? I didn't die. That's, well, yeah. that's for certain. Um, but I thought you said that this wasn't wasn't real. And she looks at the chairman. She's like, can't you fix his jacket? Oh, yes, I guess so. He snaps <laughs> his fingers and your jacket gets gets fixed. Oh, Kane oh, nice. actually like cries a single tear. <laughs> He's just so thankful. I didn't want to, but fine. I, I thought those would be a good lesson to learn detachment from material. But but fine, yes, have your jacket back. Whatever. It's, it's, it's my entire identity. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, no, you know what? I can understand that. Um, well, I just want to say, everyone, happy Halloween. I hope that you all enjoy your festivities. I know there's quite a few things going on tonight. And uh, you all deserve to let your hair down. Are you going to the party? Yeah. We are. Iris and I have a really, uh, well, she thinks it's a great costume planned. Uh, I'm not too sure about it, but uh, it, it I think it's going to be great. I got this abysmal letter under the door, and he shows you this bright orange piece of paper with kind of spooky Halloween writing that talks about a big Halloween party put on by the box squad called a spooky, scary serenade. I know I find their music pretty derivative and appalling, but, uh, you know, you do all deserve to have fun. I think you should go out and enjoy yourselves. And it does say that there is a costume contest where the winner wins one of the five coveted prizes in the Sleeping for Music therapy class, where you literally get to get paid and sleep. Oh my god! Oh yes, you don't... Oh. Yes, you, yes you, you didn't know. There's only five slots. It's very... It, they, they have some sort of angel investor who basically sets up <laughs> this, this, this fun little class and they take five every year and you conduct sleeping studies with music. Guys, we should all try and go and win. One of us should win. Egan, would you take yes? a class? Well, I have never taken music therapy, but um, sure, of course. Might be kind of hmm. fun. Oh, and it says here the box squad is featuring a fiddle playing that's not even their sound zach are you gonna go with the box squad there i mean project bone the box squad is is really uh it's really underway so yeah hell yeah <laughs> well guys let's all get ready for the party this is exciting and she runs out the door <laughs> i hope that you all enjoy yourselves again congratulations today all of the work that you have been doing over the past few months is really paying off but now is the time to celebrate. Celebrate all of your hard work. Go out, enjoy the party, and best of luck with whatever scheme you're hatching against the box squad. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. And as the camera pans out to the society headquarters, we see that the sun is going down and a lot of the lit jack-o'-lanterns and things are kind of coming to life. And on that, uh, on the dawn of the All Hallows' Eve, our camera fades away. Oh,
Hey there, thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theatre Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. We will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face to face with your nightmares. Come listen, if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons and Dragons, Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil, long thought to be vanquished. The second is Monster Hearts Undergrad. Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Tall Tale Theater Collective. Grow with us.